You clicked on the Disciple Henson podcast, and aren't you glad that you did? Because this week's guests are Ronnie and Jess Sylvester. You know, a few months ago, you got to listen, hopefully, to the podcast with Stephen and Annalisa Riley before we launched them overseas. Now we get to do it with the Sylvesters. And what a great couple to partner with. I hope you are helped and enjoy getting to know Ronnie and Jess in a different kind of way through this podcast format, hear about their plans and their goals and how we can be praying for them. Ronnie and Jess Sylvester, welcome to the Disciple Henson podcast. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks yeah. for having us. Yes. Do you guys kind of feel like you're on Good Morning America or The Late Night Show? A little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. I, this is our first time on such a big production. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, or any production. Million. I'm sure millions are listening uh, to this. No pressure. No. <laughs> um, that as you guys know, this is a podcast for our church family, mm-hmm. and uh, the three people at church who listen to it really love you guys, <laughs> and I do too. No. Um, We're two of those. So hello to you, one person. So PK. <laughs> uh, why don't you guys briefly introduce yourself? I would assume that 90% of the people listening would know who you guys are, but who are you? Well, we are uh, Ronnie and Jess Sylvester. Um, yeah, moved up here to Portland about three years ago uh, for six months, and then it turned into three years. You did the pastoral residency with us. Yeah, I did the pastoral residency. Um, have just yeah been been enjoying our time in Portland. Um, but and you yeah. came from where? Did you say? So we came from Bend. We were living in Bend for twelve years. Uh, and then a brief year in Tijuana, mm-hmm. or I don't know how a year is brief, but a year in Tijuana. And that's where we met. And that's where we met. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell that story briefly? Yeah. Uh, I've actually told this story a lot because I love this story. It's a good story. Um, but yeah, I, um, through some connections in Radius, particularly my small group and men's group leader down at Radius, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit, but um, yeah, we weren't allowed to make calls out of the country. But they were noticing like, hey, I, I think when you get home after Radius, it might be good to go up to Portland, spend some time at this church up there. We know one of the pastors, which was you. Um, why don't you come use my phone this Saturday? We'll call him and I'll introduce you. So at least you're not like a total stranger when you show up. And so we go Saturday to call you. And you were like, hey. Were you at a payphone? Like, were you both in a booth? <laughs> no. Making this call yeah. while eating tacos? <laughs> no. Well, we our phones effectively were payphones, yeah. But uh-huh. they just could only call inside Tijuana. So, like, local friends. Okay. We um, were using uh, Joseph's phone. Joseph Bonera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Joseph Bonera. Uh, and uh, he, we called you and you're like, hey, I'm 10 minutes away. I'm in Tijuana. Of all I, places. I, <laughs> I like to go there on the weekends. <laughs> yeah. You know, just to... <laughs> To have a good time. Yeah. No, I was there with the youth yeah. uh, from our church um, in God's providence yes. on one of our uh, mission trips that we would do every other year. And so so we met yep. there at Radius like the next day or that weekend or something. I feel like, yeah, it was maybe, maybe that, that day. It might have even been that day. I feel like because uh, I just I remember Jess and I even reflecting and not something I know if I've ever said to your face, but uh, I was just kind of blown away. You immediately took you came and hung out with us for like two hours just to get to know us. And uh, it was sort of an instant introduction to what the people of Henson are like. 
Um, it was a great time. I really remember enjoying that time with you guys in the in the cafeteria, and then we mm-hmm. went up on the roof there at Radius, beautiful, beautiful view of Tijuana. Um, I might get myself in trouble here because my memory doesn't always serve me well. But Jess, weren't you great with child at that point? I was. You were with Hudson. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. Okay. So to continue on the intros, you guys have two boys. We do. Mm-hmm. Hudson. And Malachi. And Malachi. Who was born um, last year. Okay. And uh, and Jess, you are from Bend as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm from Bend. I grew up there. And how long have you guys been married? 10 years. Okay. And um, how did you guys become Christians? Did you grow up in Christian homes? I did not grow up in a Christian home. Uh, a friend of mine in high school uh, presented the gospel to me. And then through just the Lord's providence in, yeah, slowly teaching me and revealing to me um, my need for a Savior, I came to him uh, sometime in my 20s. In your 20s? Yeah. Okay. In my early 20s. And what about you, Ronnie? Yeah, so I uh, really can't remember a time not knowing the Lord or not knowing the gospel to some degree. Um, But it was really, I'd say in the last probably six or seven years that um, if I could put an umbrella, maybe you can speak up here, but maybe for Jess and I, Mm -hmm. just assurance. Um, So it's really been in the last six or seven years that the growth has happened and taken place in our faith, even though there was uh, following the Lord before then. Um, Yeah, a lot of that spiritual maturity and just a fleshed out understanding of the gospel Mm -hmm. has been actually more recently, I'd say, just in my 30 years on this planet. So, And this is for both of you guys. What, uh, just out of curiosity, what would you say that the Lord, like through his Holy Spirit, obviously, and his word, what did he particularly use? Was it people, ministries, books, a ministry of a church or something that the Lord used to kind of mature you in your understanding of of the faith? Mm. I, so a real turning point for us, uh, we were going through a book called Crazy Love. Francis Re- Chan. Yeah, Francis Chan, mm-hmm. really popular for a while there. Um, and he had a section in there that was you know, particularly geared towards nominal Christianity um, and kind of what a farce that was. Um, and so Jess and I both kind of had this conviction going through that. He has a moment where, um, and a lot happened in this point in the book, but he has you pause the book and go read the gospels, mm-hmm. um, to just like really meditate on the things Jesus has to say about the Christian life. And, and do you see these things in your Christian life? And we didn't see a lot of them. Um, in some ways we were kind of going through the motions, going to church, going to church, okay. you know, serving, uh-huh. um, but as we really like sat and talked through and meditate on some of the things, you know, a lot of the things Jesus was saying, we just didn't see a lot of it in our life. And that, so, um, that was sort of the catalyst from there. And then from there, just tons of people and events and other books and, mm-hmm. you know, the list could go on, but that was sort of the catalyst was just kind of going through the gospels and, wow. uh, just kind of thinking about the Christian life and asking God to, to change us. And was it shortly thereafter that maybe you read that book and were reading the gospels and coming to the realization of these things that you guys became interested in missions? 
Yeah, it was during that same time. I think that's kind of what Ronnie meant by a lot happened during that portion of the book, like a lot happened in our lives. So yes, we just began reflecting on our personal walks and then also what the gospels are calling us to, like what Jesus's words, um, what he, what he's asking of us. Uh, yeah. And what was the context that you guys were in? I mean, you said you were living in Bend, don't have any children. You've been married a few years. What what are you doing in life at this point? Or what did you think your life was going to look like? We had always kind of imagined Bend being our forever home. Mm -hmm. Uh, we were going to raise our kids there. Our, both our families at the time were there in central Oregon. Uh, we always had a desire to do missions work, but, um, mostly would have been short term and we didn't really have a, the definitions really been refined over Mm -hmm. the years of what we feel like the Lord's wanting us to do. Um, and so we always had that desire for adventure and, and seeing the world and serving overseas. Um, but yeah, this particular kind of moment in life is where it changed. Yeah. We owned a business at in Bend, we were saving for a house. Uh, so we were very like deeply rooted there. Hmm. And then, but then you decided to go down to Tijuana for this training program for a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you guys find out about radius? Yeah. Radius came, came across our path multiple times actually. Um, and we sort of just kept entertaining it. Weren't sure if we were going to do it. And really the final point was we joined pioneers, our sending organization. And so you did that before you went to radius, you joined pioneers. Okay. Yeah. We joined them first and they're really the ones that I had never been out of the country. Um, but I'm had you ever been out of bend? I'd been like, on some you know, like hiking trips, Northwest hiking sisters. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I, I had really not done anything and here we are signing up to like go overseas and, and work, you know, do missionary work. Wow. Um, and so in their wisdom, uh, they were like, it might be good to get some training and maybe leave the country once <laughs> before, before you, you make, the, make the deep dive. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good counsel. And, um, what did you guys do with the business? That you we were, sold it. Sold your business. We sold it. Before you went to Radius. Before mm-hmm. we went to Radius. Okay. And uh, did your church kind of sends you out to Radius mm-hmm. for this year. How was that year with uh, Radius in Tijuana? Uh, it was really great, but it was really hard. Like we grew, the Lord used that time to just grow us a lot in our understanding of what cross-cultural work is and um just grew us a lot in our marriage and um yeah we just grew a lot um i i think that's a great way to say it It was awesome and we wouldn't take it back or trade it for anything and then it was crazy difficult it was both of those things and um you know i think in radius ended up doing a lot of things i don't know if they intend the training program to do um which and one of those things was really shaping our understanding of the gospel. Hmm. I mean, that radius is where we really began to grasp assurance and and to rest in Christ's work, um, and to be able to start start moving away from thinking that somehow we've got to bring something to the table. That started 
uh, in a large way at Radius. Mm -hmm. And I just through the Bible teaching there and small groups or conversations, (laughs) just everything, everything. Yeah. And they have you like every day someone is chosen to stand up and like present the gospel to the class. So that was huge. We're literally what, hearing Would you know if you're going to do it that day? No. She was the first was person the first ever, called ever called. Oh, man. Was that scary? I <laughs> didn't even know that it was happening. And then the teacher just said, okay, Jess, stand up and tell us the gospel. You know what that's like? That's like uh, at the King's College Boys Choir, you know, the Christmas Eve concert they do every year. I think they don't tell any of the boys who's going to start the solo that begins the, the concert of oh, Once wow. in Royal David City. And I think the conductor or whatever the guy's called just like points at one of these boys and then yeah. he's just got to do the solo. So everybody's got to be prepared. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. should do that at church at Henson we on Sunday morning. totally do that yeah. on Sunday morning. Yeah. Just if you're a member. Move your finger <laughs> yeah. around uh, you. <laughs> yeah. So just our understanding of the gospel was really just solidified there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. We, uh, I'm so thankful again for God's providence in, um, bringing you guys to, to radius and how he opened your eyes to glorious truths about himself and God's word. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and here we are now, you know, that was how many years ago? What, so what over, you were in radius? Well, we what year? finished over three years ago. Mm-hmm. So it was four years ago. We started mm-hmm. the, the program. Okay. Yeah. And, um, it is, we're recording this on October 27. By the time people are listening to this, you guys will just be days, God willing, away from leaving. You're, you're, you have plane tickets to fly to Thailand. Mm-hmm. This dream that you guys have had for a number of years now, it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, November 15th, it's been a long journey. Uh, there's so much we could talk about and what the Lord has taught you over these these years about your your goals, how we can pray and support you guys. I, I trust we're going to be able to hear from you like on Sunday night and uh, going forward. Um, how are you guys feeling? Yeah. Uh, in general, uh, pretty excited. Yeah. Like you said, this is something that uh, has been in the works and in the making for the last five years, mm-hmm. just from the moment we decided to go to today. Um, and granted, it looks vastly different than what it originally looked like, but uh, there's been a lot of training and a lot of development, but there's also just been a lot of waiting. Mm-hmm. And so we're pretty, pretty, pretty stoked honestly, to just be on this final lap, uh, before we launch stoked to start the work. Um, there's some challenges for sure. Uh, you know, just kind of the craziness of getting ready mm-hmm. and the, the nerves a little bit of, you know, new place, new people, uh, how, how the boys are going to do all that kind of stuff that can run through your mind. But anything to add Jess about how you're feeling about this, uh, this jump. Yeah. Um, Ronnie said it pretty well. I feel like we are definitely just super excited, super ready, um, thankful for the time that the Lord has had us waiting and see uh, how he used that time. So I think it's really a time of reflection. And um, yeah, and then also definitely nervous. Like the unknown is is um, finally upon us. Like that, mm. we've been waiting all this time, and mm-hmm. now we're just about to jump in. So hey, we're so excited for you guys. I I want to start. Um, I initially said 
was thinking like zoom forward in time 20 years because time flies um it, it seems like not too long ago that i was sitting across from you guys and you hadn't met hudson yet and we were in tijuana let's fast forward 20 years but even heaven let's go to heaven <laughs> what 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 does success look like for you guys what are you asking that the lord might do in and through you guys as you look back on uh god willing years of of ministry there in thailand what what are you hoping to see success to us in this endeavor is seeing people that don't worship jesus now in heaven with us worshiping before the throne mm-hmm. um that is like the ultimate goal of what we hope that the lord will do um yeah we want to see them gathered into a local self-sustaining reproducing church here on earth and then see that church represented in heaven that's great anything you would add ronnie no i i think that's 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 the dream you know is that just every tribe tongue nation for the throne worshiping the lord and uh, this is like our small part in that grand story that god is writing that we get to be part of it um so that's that's the dream of what we hope to see at the end of those you know 20 however long years mm-hmm. Lord willing. so you guys um are going to go build a church you got your hammers and your plywood just kind of like I, uh, the youth and i would do in tijuana you're going to go you're going to go build a church not quite okay. i mean i i hope maybe, maybe one day i hope there's a building yeah. uh, at some point um but yeah we when we say build the church, um, we really are, we want to see a gathered body of believers uh, where there isn't one now. Um, so maybe that's in a home, maybe that's in the middle of a field, maybe that's, I don't know, in a tree house. Uh, but yeah, ultimately when we say build the church, we're just, yeah, thinking of a place where right now, if someone wanted to engage with the gospel, if they wanted to hear the truth, they couldn't. There's no access to the church. The gospel isn't being preached. It's not put on display. Uh, we want to see that change wherever it is that we are. And how are you going to go about this? Like um, we started big picture. So we started like in heaven or 20 years from now. Um, what is the next, what are the next couple of years going to look like for you guys? How are you going to get there? Cause that's a very big grand goal that you guys just laid out. Mm-hmm. So what are the next couple of years look like for you guys? Yeah, I feel like there's tons of little steps that we just get to be obedient in in taking in order to get to that big picture, hopefully, that the um, with the Lord's help in every step. So our first step is to learn uh, Central Thai, which will then... The language. The, that's the national language. Mm-hmm. So then that national language will then help us to learn the indigenous language. So, and what is that indigenous language? We don't know yet. Okay. Um, yeah, we we have two areas we're looking at, um, but they're fairly large geographic areas, and so we we don't have that isolated. That'll be a part of the work the next couple of years mm-hmm. is really like going into these areas, um, kind of assessing need, assessing where we can plug in in a physical way, like just serve them physically and then also begin that process of figuring out what which language groups are represented here um 
So yeah, we've got some work. So this do. is pi- uh, no no pun intended. This is pioneer missions work. Yeah, you guys are. You don't know Thai right now. You you like Thai food. Love Thai food. <laughs> Thai food's yeah. great. PTK. But you, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you don't you don't know the language. So that's why you're, you're going to be living where in the next uh, year. Like you're flying where November fifteen. So uh, next year Chiang Mai. Okay. Um, Lord willing, next two years. Uh, okay. It's kind of visa dependent. And that's where you're going to be for the next year or two. Yep. yep. Okay. That's the goal. Uh-huh. Um, and so living in Chiang Mai. Have you ever been there? I have gotten to visit once. Jess has actually I've never, never been. been to Thailand. Yeah. Have you ever been to Asia? I've been to India. India. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Carry on. You're, so you're, you're going to be in Chiang Mai for the next couple of years. The focus is going to be language and culture acquisition. That's, that is the focus. Yeah. So 100%. you've raised support. People are supporting you to be in the community, to learn the language, to try to become as much as you can as white Americans Thai. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The, the goal is to, like you said, be, become Thai um, so that this is not um, a foreign message. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the philosophy behind that. Um, why go about it this way? This seems to be a very long road ahead of you, um, where we started heaven 20 years from now, and you guys don't even know the language yet. And you're going to, you're not going to even maybe be with the people that you're hoping to minister to within these next two years. So, so why go about it this way? What's the thinking? Uh, I think a really help, I mean, there's a lot of helpful passages. Uh, one of the helpful passages I like to go to is first Corinthians 14 and Paul's particularly talking about the gift of tongues in that passage. But I think there's some wisdom in there for missionary work, uh, where he effectively says, you know, bringing this message in a foreign tongue as a foreigner makes it a foreign message to the person hearing it. And so. I, that's where this term heart language comes from is wanting just like just like someone put in the work for us right this the gospel was not originally given to, in English mm-hmm. someone took the time to uh, translate that into English to learn English speak English to give a scripture in English um, so that in our heart language we could hear the truth um, and it wouldn't be a foreign message to us and so that's really what we're wanting. And there's a lot of other reasons, uh, wanting to fight against syncretism, wanting to, you know, what's syncretism. So effectively, you know, imagine like adding or taking away to the gospel, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, just mixing it, you know, particularly with other cultural elements in that particular culture, religious, uh, you know, ritual or what, what have Absolutely. you. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, taking Buddhism and mm-hmm. Christianity and putting it into a blender. Mm-hmm. Now you've got syncretism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I guess the, the umbrella there is clarity, clarity of the message. You don't want to be unintentionally because of a language and cultural barrier, be basically syncretistic. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Un- Maybe even unintentionally. Right. Right. Good. Just anything to add about the thinking, the philosophy behind this very kind of long process? Yeah, I, I mean, this topic alone could just be a full podcast. Uh, it's it's really big, but another aspect is so we want to learn the language well, but then in that time we need to be learning the culture also, because. 
there could be something that we just don't understand culturally because we don't, our language ability isn't there. Um, and that could be like a, a really significant religious thing, or we just, um, we need to understand the ins and outs of the culture so that one, we know the questions to ask to deconstruct their worldview, but then also, um, so that we're not accidentally, again, bringing in some sort of syncretism. In terms of thinking about uh, this way of thinking about missions, this vision for missions that you guys kind of articulated, what would be some uh, resources to learn more or to think about this more? Yeah, so there's there's just a plethora uh, as far as information is concerned out there. There's a lot of helpful stuff. Um, I think a few things kind of come to mind. Uh, one, it's a, it's a big book, but it really addresses sort of this idea of clarity and communicating Christ. It's called Communicating Christ Cross-Culturally. Um, I believe that's uh, David Hesselgrave. And then um, maybe just thinking about navigating culture or thinking about how different cultures think differently. Uh, there's a great book called Foreign to Familiar. Um, Sarah, I'm actually blanking on her last name. I think it's Lawrence. Um, it, oh. Oh. Is it really? I just put that together. Um, and then uh, the Missions Podcast is super helpful. Just, it's called the Missions Podcast? It's called the Missions Podcast. Okay. If you type that in, you'll find it. Um, those guys do a lot of interviews and dive into a lot of like methodology and different topics. And then just a final thing uh, is just... Uh, Hudson Taylor's biography. You named your son after Hudson Taylor. We sure did. Yeah. Yeah. And what, which biography is this? Do you remember the author? Um, I believe it's called Hudson Taylor's mm -hmm. Spiritual Secret. Mm -hmm. Spiritual um, Secret. Okay. Just, uh, but really thinking about, you know, he got so much flack for uh, contextualization and like embracing the way they do their hair and the, the clothes they wear. And he just dove in and he got so much flack. But now fast forward, nobody really questions what he did and why he was doing it. And so uh, are you going to do your, uh, are you guys going to do your hair like Thai people? Lord willing. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I, that's what I did when I was in Tijuana. I just kind of said, go for it. So what did that mean? He had the shaved <laughs> lines in his head all the time. Actually, my hair looked better than it ever has when we lived in Tijuana. So, yeah. but that was probably because of all the salsa you were eating. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How long do you think this process is going to take? Well, really, we have no idea. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's all in the Lord's timing. Uh, we do have a sense of urgency in the work, so we are going to work diligently um, to see a church planted as quickly as we can. But again, with everything we just said, we want it to be, uh, yeah, we want to spend the time to make sure that the church is sustainable. Uh, so we imagine anywhere from 10 to 15 to 20 years, uh, yeah, so, to even more, really. So you guys don't, like, this is the plan for your life. Yeah. Like, you, you're not going to come, you don't have like, hey, we're going to come back to the States necessarily and pick that, you know, business up again or pick up a career. Like, this is what you're planning to do with your life, essentially, it sounds like. I mean, yeah. the, who knows how the Lord will lead? I mean, maybe you, you guys will, will come back and support missions mm -hmm. in, in sending in some way. We don't know the future. But just for just for clarity, like pe I just want people to understand that you guys are like, this is not a short-term mission trip. This yeah. is it. This is it. Yeah, this yeah. is it. Mm. Like, this, is, um, this is what we have decided to give our life to. Hmm. Um, you know, I... I, I guess at our age, you could 
look at that time frame as like a career and wanting to stick to a career in that sense, but it's really so much bigger than that for us. Just, um, this is what we want, you know, at the end of our lives to look back on and say, this is what we want to commit to. Hmm. Yeah. What are you most excited about? Man, um, I'm excited, honestly, for a lot of things. I'm excited to get to work uh, mm-hmm. and set. You've been raising support for a, for a bit, yeah? <laughs> yeah. And working, too. Oh. And mm-hmm. I just, I want to say that what's amazing in terms of support, we've had people who have been supporting us for five years, hmm. you know, and we have yet to, like, we've gotten a lot of training and there's been a lot of work, but, like, actually starting the work hasn't started. So I'm just excited even for them <laughs> to see the work is is starting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to get to work. Um, but think, you were working as a bicycle cop downtown, right? <laughs> I was yeah. not quite a cop. I okay. didn't. I, I had no gun. I had uh-huh. a I had a tactical pen. Um, <laughs> I like to say <laughs> that sometimes. I we, I wielded with authority, um, <laughs> but um, you would write demerits for people, yeah. you know, yeah. behaving badly downtown. Exactly. What are you most nervous about? Spiders that are the size of birds. <laughs> nervous about that. Uh, I think we're both just a little nervous. Uh, I mean, taking our young kids mm. to another country to live. Um, and again, that unknown, like we just, we don't know what sort of medicine we can get for them if they're sick or, mm. um, yeah, even just like little things like nostalgically getting chicken noodle soup you know, Mm. things like that. So, and just praying that they transition well and adjust well. And, uh, yeah, the unknowns in that. How often do you think you'll come back to the U S of a for visits? We imagine at milestones. uh, So a lot of the church at this point has received a little booklet that we made that Mm kind of goes into more detail about the team. And if I wanted to get one of those booklets, what would I do to procure one you could reach out to us through the directory okay uh, phone number and email in there and we'd be happy to deliver it to you while we're here Mm -hmm. okay once we're gone i don't think we'll maybe have some at the office yeah i was gonna say maybe we can drop some off at the office great you could pick it up um but yeah that um sorry i actually forgot the question so like (laughs) we would come back maybe after our first language thank you i got you for for a period of time and then maybe after our second language and uh then Yeah, so every two to three years, we imagine. If a friend or a church member wanted to come visit you guys, would that be helpful? Mm. Think think well about how to answer this question. I didn't prepare you for it. Yeah. But any just words, general words of wisdom, even from your training, because certainly a visit can be really encouraging, Mm -hmm. but also it can be um, a lot of work Mm -hmm. to receive someone. Yeah, so I, I guess two things come to mind, uh, and please jump in. But um, one, I think, give us time first. Uh, let us kind of adjust. Um, Rebecca Smith said something that was really helpful. She said, when you're really wanting someone from the church to come visit, it's probably the worst time to have them come visit. Hmm. Um, in the sense, she was just speaking to, like, really, really push yourself um, to embrace the culture. And, uh, and so I think just like getting used to those feelings and, and maybe getting a little bit past homesickness before, uh, but then the other thing I would, 
so I'll see you guys for Christmas next next <laughs> couple months. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I guess the other thing too, maybe for brothers or sisters that imagine visiting us is to, um, not that they, we wouldn't love to show people a good time or mm-hmm. and just enjoy Thailand with them. Yeah. Um, but don't imagine like a vacation necessarily, unless you have some personal plans you're going to go do. Yeah. Uh, so like. In terms of hosting, you know, we'd really want to, like, encourage a brother or sister, one, in just their own life and walk and catch up with them. That would be awesome. And then also for them to sort of see what we're doing. Yeah, come um, to school with us. You know, just kind of bring them into our routine, I guess. That's great. Yeah. That's really helpful. Uh, we're starting to run out of time. Jess, did you have something to add? Oh, I also just wanted to add that when we have visitors, it would be you know, fun to get to show off a little of our language to them. So give us some time to, to develop that, um, certainly. So what I heard you just say is you are happy to receive visitors if it's at the right time. Um, but you won't speak English to that. To them. <laughs> <laughs> Zero English. Yeah. Uh, what Google translate, what if we want to stay connected to what the Lord's doing and how you guys are doing? What's the best way to stay connected? to you guys. Mm. Yeah, we we would love to hear from brothers and sisters. Um, uh, we want to continue praying for the body here. Um, so you can reach us through Signal. It's an app. Um, so functions a lot like WhatsApp, but mm-hmm. people are familiar with that. Signal is really helpful. Um, so we'll be able to text or call through that. And then also just the email in the directory. Feel free. Are uh, you guys going to send out uh, like a regular newsletter or something like that? You yes. guys have been doing that. Yeah. How would you get on that list again? Just reach out to you guys. Is it um, open for anybody? Yeah, it's open for anybody, especially in the body here at Henson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would love to have everyone on that. And I think maybe we have a link and we could. We'll put that in the podcast out. notes, maybe. Yeah, if that's cool. Mm. Um, best ways to pray for you guys. Um, there's a lot (laughs) and Ronnie encourages me not to overwhelm people with lists like this for, for this podcast. Why don't you save some of that for when you guys share here in a couple uh, Sunday evenings, maybe just hit the, hit the bullet points of the, of the ways that you would really love to see the Lord, um, minister to you all in these next, in this next step. Yeah, I think, uh, number one, um, which maybe seems obvious, but just, be praying for Thailand, uh, be hmm. praying for the people of Thailand. I think in, you know, praying that eyes would be open, ears would be open, that they would hear and believe, uh, in Christ and what he's done. And in doing that, you are praying for us because hmm. uh, that is our goal. And that's the goal of others who are there. Um, and so, yeah, be, be praying for, um, that the gospel would go forth. Uh, and then for us, uh, you know, uh, you know, just be praying that we would, you know, just like we've been trying to do here, that we just be faithful each day, uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, um, but to just wake up each day and be faithful with what the Lord's putting in front of us each day, the work that is to be done that day, the the roles and responsibilities that we have, that we would just serve him well in those roles and, and glorify him. Amen. What great requests. Anything to add, Jess? Um, you guys could pray just that we get connected quickly in the community and uh, that 
we would have um, helpful language helpers that we can grow um, deep relationships with. That's great. Uh, we look forward to to hearing from you guys here on a, on a Sunday night. And, uh, you know, you guys are really, really busy these next couple of weeks. Um, are you having any sort of get together or sharing time within the next couple of weeks, kind of a final, any send off or ways, you know, we can be helpful in terms of moving just to see you guys one last time? Um, we uh, are open. We, we've been pushing really hard actually to get most of the work that needs to be done for moving done. Mm -hmm. I, we're trying even for the end of October so that we have some time to just be with brothers and sisters mm -hmm. during these last couple of weeks. Uh, so reach out to us. Um, you know, someone, uh, one, a sister in the church actually did something super helpful. She not only invited us over for dinner, but she said, is there anyone else that I could invite? So she mm. basically just opened up her home to have multiple people we could connect with in mm -hmm. one evening. That's great. And that was super helpful. I'm really looking forward to that. So just something like that. That's excellent. Um, is great. Very good. You guys have been great. Any final thing that you want to say uh, to Henson? We love you guys. We just, yeah, we just love you guys so much and are so thankful for you. And yeah, we, we appreciate you all so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, basically from the first Sunday that we came to visit up until today, um, we've just been poured into, cared for, uh, built up, encouraged, you know, the list goes on. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're just grateful for this, this body. Uh, the feeling's mutual. We love you guys. We're so proud of you. So excited about how the Lord's going to use you in Thailand. And we'll continue praying for you and look forward to getting getting updates. Maybe we could even do a podcast like In Country Over Zoom or something one day. That'd be sweet. <laughs> that would be yeah. fun. Thank you, guys. 